I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman dropped a surprise today. She gave a backdoor entry to crypto and NFTs. For starters, although a specific legislation is not in place, crypto now has government sanction. You can't tax something if it's illegal, right? The finance minister said income from virtual assets would be taxed at 30%. A 1% tax will also be deducted at source. If virtual assets are gifted, the person receiving the gift will have to pay the 30% tax. Normally, an investor will not be happy to be slotted in the highest tax bracket, but today crypto enthusiasts were thrilled. That is because their status was in a limbo for a long time. There are no regulations governing the rather new crypto market. An earlier ban was overturned by courts. Although crypto exchanges were functioning and investors were transacting merrily, there was always a chance that they could be outlawed any day. A draft law has been in the work for a while, but it is yet to reach Parliament. That is why Sitaraman's move was a surprise. Even though she did not mention the word crypto in her speech, the finance bill clearly mentions non-fungible tokens that may or may not have been generated through cryptographic means. That's just legal jargon for cryptocurrencies and NFTs. The minister also said that the RBI will launch a blockchain-based digital rupee within a year or so. So now India has legitimized crypto as an asset and would also launch a currency. For the next few minutes you are going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy and anything that leaves you with a food for thought. I am Farheen Khan and here is the deep dive for 2nd February 2022. The union budget was a much anticipated event. After all, it was coming at a time when the pandemic appeared to be receding and hopes were up that finally people companies and governments could get back to work we mean normal work the finance minister delivered a 90 minute speech her shortest so far 2 years ago she spoke for 2 hours and 42 minutes at the end of it she was so tired that she sat down without finishing it none of that today let's start with the big numbers the government will spend nearly rupees 40 lakh crore in 2022 and 2023 Its receipts are pegged at about rupees 23 lakh crore. Last year, the FM had targeted to finish 2021-2022 with a fiscal deficit of 6.8%, but that number will now be 6.9%. The next year, she hopes to contain it to 6.4%. And yet again, we have Dinesh joining us for this budget special episode, breaking down the big numbers for us. What is the focus of this budget? Thank you uh, for having me once again. Uh, clearly, the finance minister has tried to uh, kindle the entrepreneurial spirit of uh, businesses and the private sector. So, one of the biggest focuses of this uh, budget has been uh, is rather um, startups, a new economy, and uh, like agri tech, fintech, ed tech. all of the new age economy companies and startups have got a uh, got something or the other in this budget all of them have got a fillip one of the reasons probably could be 
uh, yesterday when uh, the principal um, economic advisor Sanjeev Sanyal was presenting, he one of the slides which he pointed out was the startup ecosystem in India. And he said that India is now the third biggest startup ecosystem in the world after the US and China. And he said that 555 districts in India have at least one startup. And he said they are genuine startups, which means the the government is clearly looking at, and it, the government is also clearly happy about uh, the kind of VC funding that these uh, startups have got, angel funding these startups have got. Uh, the finance minister mentioned it in her speech. So they are looking at the startups to provide some sort of an impetus, not only in concentrated regions like Bangalore, the NCR or Bombay or Pune, but even in smaller centers like Patna and Lucknow and Ahmedabad, where a lot of startups are now um, taking root, they believe, the government seems to believe that giving a fill up, a fill up to these companies there would help them um, uh, in sort of uh, kickstarting the local economies in these areas as well, which would help them uh, spread economic recovery across the country rather than it being concentrated in large cities. So, that has been one of the one of the focus uh, in, in this budget. The other thing has been also on digital governance. The finance minister Sitaraman has talked a lot about shifting a lot of governance uh, online. She's talked about integrated single window clearances for projects where they would create integrated windows for both state as well as central approvals. So a, a, a company can probably apply. I mean, we are not clear about the nitty-gritties of these, uh, these schemes which they are talking about, but clearly there is an attempt to move towards easier uh, documentation, land documentation, registries, uh, similarly a, a payment systems. So now they have also talked about uh, integrating and interoperability of uh, payment systems between postal department and banks, which means that your postal accounts, you can transfer money from your postal account to your bank account. Those are like initiatives which they're, which uh, which have got focused in this budget. Uh, the third one is also on infrastructure building. Now, a lot of the infrastructure building uh, has been happening. Uh, highways, the the uh, the the length of highways has increased significantly. Uh, new highways have been planned. New highways are being executed. The, at the at the moment, the pace of road building is somewhere around thirty six kilometers per day, uh, which is which is quite a fast clip. Along with that, what uh, she termed as PM Gati Shakti program, which is creating multimodal logistics hubs. Uh, railways, uh, increasing railway capacities, rail, uh, increasing waterway capacities. So all of them put together, they are hoping that there is going to be a huge infrastructure buildup. Now, a lot of these are plans. They are not, she has not put down money for them, actually. Uh, and a lot of them will be formulated during the year in 22-23. So we would probably see them actually take off much later than now. So that's what overall I think the focus of the budget is. The last two years have been very difficult for the government. It suffered huge revenue losses because of the pandemic. 
At the same time, it had to spend more to support livelihoods and industry. It also incurred huge unexpected costs on healthcare. What does the next year look like? Yeah, so uh, the over the past two years, clearly it has suffered quite a bit of uh, revenue loss, even though it has made up in the last few months. I mean, and she made it a point to uh, give the revenue, the GST numbers, the re- revenue collection numbers for this month, that is January, which was at a record level of level of 1.4 lakh crore. And it has been the highest uh, so far uh, after GST was implemented nearly five years ago. Similarly, over the over the past uh, six months or so, even though revenues have been improving, the targeted revenue uh, growth which uh, which they had targeted in the last year's budget has not happened. And probably uh, the revised estimates of the budget it might be able to meet, and it it, it says that it would end up somewhere around. Uh, 25 lakh 16,000 crore or something like that, which is actually above the budget estimates. So probably it might end up at a much better position than than it was last year. Now, a lot of commentators have also talked about the fiscal headroom which the government gets because of this improvement in revenues. But we don't know whether that will actually translate to uh, expenditure because a lot of expenditure has gone into uh, sustaining livelihoods like uh, what you asked just what you mentioned just now sustaining livelihoods and healthcare and all those costs but she has said that there is going to be a 35% increase in capital expenditure which is supposed to go into building productive assets now in my view there is a little bit of uh, a creative uh, accounting here because when i look at the calculations the capital expenditure works out to somewhere around 24%. If you compare the current budget estimates with the revised estimates, which the which the government has provided in the budget papers, then the capital expenditure actually would be only a 24% increase. Even that, I'm not so sure by the end of the year, by March 31st, there will be more capital expenditure incurred during 21-22. So by the end of the year, that difference might, that, that margin might reduce even further. So the actual increase might not be as much as the finance minister has um, talked about, which means that since there is, there is a improvement in revenues, there is, an, there is an improvement in capital expenditure as well, there could be much more headroom for the government as the year progresses which means it might be able to find money to spend on more projects and more schemes as well. So overall, it could be, and it looks like the government is hoping that as the economic recovery uh, happens over the year or over the, over the next few months, it will have, the, its headroom will increase and it would be able to spend more on projects. The minister has announced some green initiatives. What do they mean? Yeah, a lot of them seem to be promises again. Um, so, for instance, the government is talking about uh, that uh, because of uh, urban spaces like cities and towns have little space to set up charging station and all that at, in large numbers. So they are talking about uh, uh, having a battery swapping policy um, and interoperability standards. So which means that if there are different kinds of batteries, they should be able to switch them between vehicles and uh, for different uses. Um, now, these are all these are all not uh, these are not something which can be done overnight. 
and these have not been successful in other countries as well and they are also talking about let's say for example they're talking about um, battery or energy as a service um, to improve the electric vehicle ecosystem uh, she has also talked about mandatory fuel dop- doping with ethanol so the only only real um, real real sort of uh, measure which she has mentioned in this budget where she has actually put down money is the production linked incentive for um, manufacturing high efficiency uh, solar modules um, they have put down about 19500 crore for it and in in this is for uh, the priority is being given for fully integrated manufacturing units for polysilicons in solar pv mo- modules now polysilicon is the material which is the basic building material of a, a solar panel this is what uh, for instance reliance is planning to uh, build in 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 jamnagar in 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 their in their mega solar project and it is something which adani is also planning to planning to make in their uh, solar project so clearly there are incentives the only incentives which have been given are going towards large manufacturing uh, concerns that's that's broadly about uh, uh, green energy initiatives which they have done again like i said these are all most of the initiatives which they're talking about even the single window portal parivesh which they're talking about for green clearances uh, which was launched in 2018 uh, it says that uh, it is now the scope of the portal will be expanded now uh, to provide information to applicants so many of these things which they talked about are still work in progress or yet to come or are in planning stages so we don't know when these things would actually materialize overall what do you think of the budget and what could be the likely impact on the economy the way i look at it the uh, the, the finance minister is clearly plumped uh, for digital governance data connectivity and uh, startups to deliver growth in 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 2223 so i think what what she's tried to do is to um, just hold on not do too many things not to uh, just to maintain sort of status quo just to manage public finances for the time being weather the storm just wait wait out a few months so that and not impose more taxes um, not to not to sort of rock the boat at the moment and just let it be so that now that bank balance sheets have been cleaned up now that uh, company balance sheets have been cleaned up a lot of companies have cut costs they have deleveraged they have reduced their debt debt level some of them have refinanced their debt so a lot of companies are now ready to put money in capital um, project uh, capital expenditure like for example setting up factories or set up or bringing in plant and machinery a lot of these things if that happens a lot of greenfield projects take off and a lot of brownfield projects could take off and banks are now would be free to lend because their balance sheets are better which means uh, there could be a capex cycle which which takes off now which would automatically bring in more revenues to the government it will automatically create a lot of jobs it will create generally uh, you know the economic engine starts turning then i think the finance minister is hoping that within a quarter or two this finance uh, this this economic engine will start uh, you know turning faster and faster and by the end of 2223 the government will be in a much better position to assess where the economy is headed 
right now she's being cautious just maintaining the balance and let the private sector take over all the the heavy lifting so to say i think that's what the idea of this budget was thank you for your insights that's all for today folks we'll be back tomorrow with another budget special episode meanwhile stay tuned You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are the Signal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter.